Welcome everybody who's uh, joining us in person and those who are jumping online as we have an online community as well. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, hey, good news. We just heard this week that um, our officials, local officials, have um, opened up the capacity for churches, meaning they've gone from 25% capacity to 40% capacity. Somebody say amen. All right. It's only up, people. It's only up from here. That's the way I look at it. Um, let's pray for the day. It's at a full hundred, um, but nevertheless, we'll take 40 while it lasts. Amen. Well, if you've been with us for the last four to five weeks, I think, you know, with COVID, it seems like the days and the weeks just kind of overlap. I actually woke up this morning not even knowing it was Sunday. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, but um, the weeks and days kind of run into each other. And uh, we've been for at least the last four to five Sundays um, in this sermon series uh, that we've titled Managing Your Emotions. Now, little disclosure, we know fully well uh, that we don't make good managers, all right? <laughs> you and I, like, I'll just throw my, myself on the chopping block. I have a hard time paying my bills on time. I know what you're thinking. You're like, he's a pastor. Yes, I've already disclosed my baggage on how I go about paying my phone bill. Um, I won't say any more on that, but we're, we're not good managers of ourselves, and especially when it comes to our emotion. But hey, listen, we have an up in this in that we have the Holy Spirit, right? Um, we're not necessarily led and really created to be given to our feelings and emotions, but we have the Spirit of God who's in us, right? He's leading us, and he's helping our emotions become more godly and Christ-like. And so this is what we're going after. We got this big picture before us, and we're like, okay, Holy Spirit, if you can help us with that, then how? <laughs> like, how do we get there? Any emotional people in this place today? Come on, I'll raise my hand. I'm, I'm, I, I am led by this heart right here sometimes to my discredit, uh, but I need more of the Holy Spirit. And so today, um, by the way, happy Valentine's Day for all you couples who are here with us this morning. Happy Valentine's. For those who aren't um, in the pool, in the ship of marriage or relationships, sorry, um, but hope is coming and I'm sure a, a special someone is coming as well. Amen. Uh, but you know, um, we're going to talk about a, a, a fairly interesting subject uh, for Valentine's Day. No, I didn't pick, you know, um, a subject that talks about love. Sorry about that. Uh, I actually am going to um, go after depression. I know, <laughs> you're like, wah, wah. but we're going to go after this in the word of God today. I think it's fitting because, you know, this day is not as special for some as it is for others. You know, there's some that are still longing and have desired for a long time to have that someone special in their life, and they're still seeking, they're still hoping, but yet that someone hasn't come. And so, guys, this is for you. This is for you. And then everyone in between as well, as we all, I think, suffer at time. Uh, 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 with the emotion of depression and sadness, right? And so we're going to go after this. Turn with me to Psalms 40. We're going to be in the first two verses of the book of Psalms. You know, it's interesting that when we start to dive into um, topics like this, I don't know, I've, I've grown up thinking and, and kind of feeling that the Bible doesn't really have a lot to offer, <laughs> you know, in this particular subject. Um, and, and whenever I've tried to bring my... Um, kind of sadness and, and depression before um, good godly people, they've kind of just ripped me off to say, hey man, you need more faith. Anybody been there? Like, you just lack faith. And although that may be true, I don't think it's the full scope of what I need and what we need if we're up against 
uh, uh, kind of the onslaught of depression. You know, there's, there's uh, far uh, more to this particular subject than just a lack of faith, amen? And, and, and David's going to help us because, you know, if there's something beautiful about the Psalms, it's this kind of roller coaster ride that David's on and, 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 and the psalmists are on. It's like this one day David and his, and his homies are on the mountaintop of joy and victory and it's almost like in the next verse sometimes he's down in a pit right he's like navigating through these intense ups and downs in his emotion and I love this about the book of Psalms because it really it really is a book for us you know especially for those who are given to be more led by their emotions than they are the spirit like you see this like in real time in David's life and this is just one of the many uh, chapters and verses that, that give us uh, a picture of that. The, the Bible really, um, nothing's off the table when it comes to the subject matter. It hits everything. Rather, if it makes you comfortable or uncomfortable, it just goes there. And so this is one of the subjects that it just helps us. It doesn't, it doesn't shy away maybe uh, as some of our pastors have tend to kind of just, you know, shy away from the subject or some of the churches have kind of uh, shied away from talking about the subject it goes right after it and I love that about the Bible again I'm ranting let's get into Psalms 40 uh, verses 1 and 2 just two verses here's David the psalmist he says this I waited patiently for the Lord he inclined to me and heard my cry so far so good he drew me up from the pit of destruction now we're going to get into that word what is this pit of destruction that David is in. We're going to get into that. Um, and, and, he, and he drew me out of the miry bog and set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. Now, figuratively speaking, we know that the psalmist here is in a hard place, right? He, he's not physically in some pit, okay, guys? Like, he's not, like, fell in a hole and he can't get up. Like, he, he's in an emotional and a mental state a pit that he feels like he cannot get out of emotionally and mentally. Uh, I'm going to probably um, reveal my age here, but um, I'm old, probably, with the exception of maybe one or two, probably the oldest cat in this place. Uh, and I don't say that, you know, boasting. But um, how, how many were, uh, or how many experienced the grunge era of the late 90s? The grunge era. Anybody ever, you know, bands like Nirvana. Okay, yeah, see, we're getting into my age right here. One guy, thank you for being honest. God bless you. Um, there was this um, group uh, in uh, the name, I'm, 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 I'm sorry for the name, but this was the name, was Alice in Chains. And if you're familiar with this band, um, the lead singer of that group had died uh, from a drug overdose, and he had always battled serious depression. But I think one of the songs that he wrote during his... Um, era of success, if you would, was this song called Down in a Hole, fitting for the sermon today. That's exactly what uh, David is giving testimony of right now. But the, 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 the lyrics go like this, and I only share this uh, to kind of give us that picture of what it looks like to succeed uh, without Jesus, or 
um, maybe not succeed, but fall praying to depression and what it looks like to find victory because you have Jesus. In my mind, these two cats, Lane Staley and David the psalmist, are, are great characters for me on what it looks like to have victory over sadness and depression and, and somebody who has fallen prey to and even lost his life because of it. Well, here's the words, and I only share this because I think it kind of embodies what David is talking about here in Psalms 40. The, whole, the lyrics go like this, not too complicated. I mean, it was the grunge era, you know? Nothing was really complicated. I think it was like four chords. They played all the time. A lot of distortion, a lot of growling, but we loved it. I kind of went from like Z Calvarici to like, flannels and long hair. I was, you know, like anybody, anybody who experienced it went there with me. Like my whole school changed overnight. Once smells like teen spirit hit the airwaves, it was like, boom, the next day we're all wearing flannels, have long hair and holes in our jeans. Come on. And Doc Martens. Okay. That's the way, that's the power and the force of this era. But this is the song. It goes down in a hole, feeling so small, down in a hole, losing my soul. Down in a hole, feeling so small. Down in a hole, out of control. I'd like to fly, but my wings have been so denied. And of course, Lane fell into a hole of depression so far that in the height of his success, he took his own life with drug abuse. And um, it's a sad story, but I share this to just give us a feel uh, for where David is. This is not just a light, fluffy, you know, kind of psalms here. Like, this, this is not, you know, David just trying to, um, you know, just kind of quickly pass over a very troublesome time in his life. And we don't really know why David is in this pit, so to speak. It doesn't, we don't really get, um, you know, that privilege of knowing. Uh, we know that it has, at least what scholars believe, something to do with sin, where God was... Um, uh, you know, dealing and disciplining David, but that's to the extent of what we know. But the destruction, this word destruction here, it, it means to be depressed. It, it, it means to be miserable. <laughs> and, and, and a kind of downheartedness, a sorrow, a gloomy, unhappy state. And so, again, I just, I want to share this because I, I want to give us a picture of the true state that David's in, but also the true state of where David has been rescued, right? I mean, he founds, finds himself in this God-awful place of despair and depression, and he's now giving testimony of God drawing near and lifting him out of this pit. Come on. And so I don't say this to just usher in a dark cloud here in the sanctuary this morning. I, I really share this to give hope. Um, you know, going a little further, David is not the first amongst God's people to deal with depression. This was interesting to me. I, I, you know, surprisingly never knew this, but the prophet, the great prophet Elijah, guys, in, in, in 1 Kings 19.4, he asked the Lord in prayer to take his life. <laughs> uh, he's, he's escaping the wrath of Jezebel and Ahab. He, he's running into the wilderness, and he gets to a moment, he gets in prayer, and he literally asked the Lord to take his life. That's heavy. That's some heavy stuff. And he's not alone. The deliverer Moses in Numbers 11 did the same thing. Jonah the prophet in Jonah 4 did the same thing. So I, I share this to say, hey, listen, you are not alone today if you're struggling uh, with depression and, and sadness, a certain kind of misery. Listen, even the greatest of God's people. I mean, who's, 
Who's greater than the prophet Elijah, the man sitting on the mountain of transfiguration with Jesus? I mean, he's a heavy hitter. Who, who is greater than Moses, right? I mean, these are some of the guys in whom, you know, uh, the Pharisees would say, we're, we're children of Moses. We're children of Abraham. These are great figures. And, and it gives me hope that they went through seasons and times like this as well as some of us. And it gives me hope that, that God brought them through. God can bring us through. So God's word. You can clap there. Come on. You can clap there. It's good. God's word doesn't shy away from the topic. That's my point. And, and, and we, the church, guys, we shouldn't shy away from it as well. We shouldn't. We should be a place of where people can come and not just, you know, like, just like get more faith, brother, kind of. Like, that's my recommendation. We, we should be able to connect on a level and really offer true hope. But first, let's start with just being an ear, right? Let's just first start with hearing and providing a place for those who are down in that place, down in that pit of destruction, a place for them to come. And so this leads me to my first point. If you're taking notes, 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 don't know where that came from. Uh, but um, my first point is this. Don't ignore, acknowledge. Don't ignore, acknowledge. For too long, the churches just turn you know, uh, the other way and, and almost has acted as if it doesn't exist and that the, the kind of diagnosis is just, man, you lack faith. Well, there's more to it than that. And, and, and we, again, not to beat a, a dead horse, sorry, that's a term that my mom used. You're probably like, what does that mean? It just means to be repetitive, I think. Uh, but, uh, but we need to provide a place where people... Um, feel comfortable with coming and acknowledging and, and being open and honest and transparent. And so if nothing comes out of this service today, I hope that right there comes out, that Hilltop would be a place where people can actually come with their hurt and their pain, their sadness and their brokenness and say, hey, listen, brother, I'm going through this. Can you pray for me? Can you help me? I need someone to talk to. So don't ignore, acknowledge. David doesn't ignore the fact that, he's, um, that things got worse before they got better, right? David could have said, the Lord heard my cry and he rescued me and he, and, he, and he lifted me up. And that could have been the end of what David said, but he doesn't. David acknowledges the despair and he acknowledges the fact also that God had pulled him from the deep clutches of depression. Come on. And David doesn't leave that out of the Psalms and that encourages me. That encourages me. That kind of rawness, that kind of transparency, that kind of openness, to put, I mean, to put that in there and just to, to almost give us uh, the feel that it's all right. Listen, if, if you're in that place this morning, it's, it's all right, and there's hope for you. There's a God who's seeing. There's a God who is hearing. And there is a God who's just not seeing and hearing. But there is a God who wants to draw you out of that place and give you hope. So don't ignore, acknowledge. Second point, what does David do? Something that I find a little bit ridiculous, and I find it ridiculous because I have a hard time doing it. What does David do? He, he waits patiently. <laughs> it's not true. It's not too uh, fancy. It's not too, you know, dramatic. He's kind of in this holding pattern, right? He's waiting patiently. I'm thinking at this moment, just like, 
David, get up and do something, right? Like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get on with it. But no, David waits, and he doesn't just wait. He waits patiently on the Lord. He must have some kind of experience where he knows that God will come through. Come on, listen to me. I mean, to be in this pit, to be in this place and wait patiently, he must have known something about God, that, that God would not leave him there. But if, if, but if he's faithful just to continue what he's doing and, and just wait on the Lord, that God will come, just like God has always come. Let that encourage you. Let that encourage you. So David does the hardest thing, I think, known to humankind when caught in a hard place, and that is he waits. I mean, you know, any kind of hardship comes my way. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm built in the way. I, I am trying to quickly change <laughs> the setting, the circumstances. Give me some Netflix and Chinese food, right? And, and, and my troubles will go away. And, and if they don't go away, at least my stomach will be satisfied and I'll get a little of entertainment, right? But, 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 but see, we, we can't be so conditioned, guys, to quickly try in our own strength to change our circumstances. We've got to rely upon God because here's the thing. When, when we try to do this in and of ourselves, we try to just drown our pain and our hurt. Listen, it, it, usually the next morning they come back, <laughs> right? If not the next morning, then after you're done watching that good flick on Netflix and eating that great MSG, because I, mean, I don't like the real Chinese food. I like that fake American stuff. Like, that stuff that sits in you like a boulder after you've ate it for like five days. Yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. But, but usually after I'm done trying to uh, smother my pain and hurt in and, and, and entertainment and in food and just changing the setting a little bit, often uh, uh, the thing comes right back. And I'm faced right with the same set of circumstances again. But here it is. When God breaks in, see, see, when God comes in and as you're waiting upon him to rescue you and you're not just going to your fallbacks, man, something clicks. Some, something happens when you're suddenly pulled out. You're pulled out. And what becomes sadness ends with songs of praise. That's, that's where we find here. David quickly snaps from this kind of, you know, pit of destruction talking to like, and, and he made my steps secure and he put a new song in my mouth. Songs of praise. Talk about transformation. See, I, I want to rely upon that. I want to invest myself. I want, when trouble hits, I want to give myself to that. I believe that there's some in here that want that as well. So second point is the hardest thing to do in those moments is to wait. But let me say this. Even though it's the hardest, it seems to be the godliest thing to do when our heart hurts. When we feel like we're on the brink of emotional destruction, the thing to do is to wait upon the Lord. Waiting can be hard. But in this case, in David's scenario, in his situation, waiting was helpful and it paid off. Thank you, Joe. Is this a Baptist church or a charismatic church? I'm trying to think of that, you know, come on. Come on. Sometimes waiting is hard, but it's necessary, right? 
And in this case, in David's situation, it paid off. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's hard. But it's good. It's glorious. You know, um, one of the more famous verses about waiting, there's tons, but in Isaiah 40, 31. Hello, somebody. Um, You probably already know this text if you're familiar with the Bible. Here's the prophet of Isaiah saying, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall, not, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting on the Lord may not feel like the most natural thing to do when our emotions are raw. When we're in that hard place, when we're in that pit mentally and emotionally. But it's needed, it's necessary. And it saves us eventually as the Lord enters in from our destructive thoughts. Point three, Psalms two. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and he set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. God pulls David from the pit. Now again, God is not, uh, or, or I should say David is not actually being pulled out from a pit in the same way that a car is pulled out when it gets in a ditch. Uh, the, the word is drew, uh, right? Uh, and, and this is what this word means. It means to be roused and stirred up mentally. So if you're not convinced that David was in a bad place mentally, a little depressed, now we are. Because what God is actually doing in this moment, what, what David is testifying of, is that God is waking something up in his mind. The very place that the enemy is trying to ensnare him in his thought life. The very thoughts that in this moment are destructive. God is transforming and drawing David's up, uh, mind up to a higher place. To God's goodness and his greatness and his faithfulness. So there's something powerful happening in God's mind. Guys, there's hope. If you have, uh, you know, battles within your thought life and you can testify to having destructive thoughts of, of, of depression and misery. Listen, there is hope. God wants to transform our minds today. And we can get into tons of scripture on that. But to stay on point, let me share with you a little bit of my own uh, background. You're, trying to, you're probably thinking, man, that guy comes across pretty excited. He sweats all the time, sings loud. Uh, seems like a cheery feller, but, um, but I'm going to let you into something that um, I struggled with in this area. Uh, about, I think now six years, actually it was long before six years, but I'll just put six years on it for now because that's as far as my mind wants to go back. Um, after the Lord convincing me to start pastoring, um, I really think that one of my um, points of procrastinating into entering into this calling was simply, I knew some of my limitations. Um, I grew up in the church um, prior to just singing songs and, and, and playing music, and that seemed more natural and comfortable. But when I started to think about pastoring, I was like, man, I got to get up in front of people. I got to talk. I, I got I to try to lead and love and, and, and pastor people, and that terrified me. And at first, I, I, I feel like I was just kind of like fighting my way through it, you know, like just like, hey, like I feel the call of God on my life in this area. I'm scared, but I'm going to go for it. And man, the first couple of years, 
Uh, and even now, I feel it from time to time. I, I, I feel my own like kind of limitations kind of staring me in my face. And unfortunately, um, one being just the fear of communicating. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if anybody else uh, struggles with that, but this uh, became uh, a, a realization of mine as I, I started to enter into pastoring that I actually feared. I didn't really like, have, like love it. Like, I, it, like it, it troubled me. It concerned me. It gave me fear. But um, uh, I started um, about a year to two years after just trying to war and trust and believe God and just wait and remain faithful. I started really developing some serious like depression. Uh, my sleep was robbed. Um, I only want to get it into it. I was like going to bed uh, like nine o'clock on a Saturday, waking up at 1.30 in the morning, just scared and like, oh God, like come upon every word that I speak. Give me confidence. Give me both. I mean, if there's anybody that I can relate to in the Bible, it's Timothy, you know, where Paul's like, hey, Timothy, don't be timid, right? Like get up there, be bold, be courageous, Timothy. Man, I relate to that. But unfortunately, um, I really started developing like some serious like depression. I, I was really starting to doubt like if I was ever going to come out of this. And, and I'm thinking, God, if you've called me to pastor, then why haven't you equipped me? <laughs> now I'm being very vulnerable. Like I, I'm thinking, God, if you've if you've if you really want me to do this, then why would I would I have that? You know, like why would I would I be up early? You know, nervous and my sleep be interrupted and my weeks kind of be like, oh man, I hope it goes okay. I hope I hope people's hearts are stirred and, and people are ministered to. But unfortunately for me, um, you know, it didn't really turn out that way. And I really started to see, and my wife actually did, uh, start to see a, a, a change for the worse, um, where my, my attitude was kind of gloomy and I, I wasn't sleeping. And I just, you know, and I still from time to time, I'm not fully out, but this is what I can say, God, is that David is true to, uh, uh, I, have, I, have, I have experienced this myself that in me just remaining faithful and in and, and, and faith, believing that if I just wait and continue in this journey that God is going to give me the tools and the confidence that I need, uh, that, that I will actually experience what David has experienced and is giving testimony of here in Psalms 40, where, where, where God will take me and draw me out of this pit myself and change kind of the thoughts that I have about myself. I, I, I just, I stayed the course. That's what I did. And, and I, can, I can testify, just like David is testifying here. It really, really works. And so that's my little small testimony. Maybe for you it's something different. But listen, this, listen to this. Trust God. Don't, don't, don't act hastily, right? Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that kind of cuts you deep and hurts and your heart and drags you down into that pit, you know, whatever affects your thought lives for the bad. Listen, just wait upon the Lord. Now, that may seem shallow and kind of trite, but in light of this text, man, I don't think it is. I think God is our only hope. That it's not necessarily just a lack of faith, but it's God getting in your mind, right, and transforming your very thoughts. In this case, it was the thoughts that I had about myself and my inability to actually do the things that God called me to do. 
But I trust that as God has gotten to my mind, that he will get into yours. And as David testifies, and as I am testifying before you, God will draw you out of those destructive thoughts and give you a new mind and a new outlook about yourself, your worth, and your calling. I I feel, and this is where I'm going to land and end, but I feel like God wants to rescue some of us today from destructive thoughts. I feel like God's throwing out a lifeline to this church through this whole series, you know? I feel like God's like casting a rope into a sea that feels overwhelming and like, ah, like, Oh my goodness, my emotions are all over the place. I feel like God is throwing a rope and saying, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to rescue you from your destructive thoughts and, 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 and what you see and what you think about yourself. I'm going to give you a new mind. And so we're going to close actually in a time of prayer for those who can relate and, and connect today to this message and those who say, yeah, I've, I've, I've been there. I've been there. Or maybe it's not I've been there. I am there. And so if Joe, you could come back to the piano, what we're going to do is we're just going to open up the altar. We're going to do this COVID style. It's, it's not easy, but we've been somewhat successful. We'll, I'll keep my distance. Um, and, and, and we're just going to open the altar in closing this uh, Sunday out with praying for those who you're just saying simply, I need the rescue of the Lord. I've been thinking some pretty ugly thoughts about myself. I've been thinking some pretty ugly thoughts about my future, my purpose, my potential. And I'm there, man. I believe that God in his power is going to rescue our minds today from destructive pits that really lead to no good. God, by his power, is going to draw some of us out of that miry bog. And when our feet, footing seem to be unstable and unsure and like, I don't know where to go next. I don't know what to do. He's going to make our, uh, our steps secure in him. Because, see, what God truly wants to do is, see, he doesn't want my identity to be based in, in, in Daryl the pastor. That's just what he's called me to do. But that's not what I'm about. That's not who I am. See, who I am to God is a child of God. And maybe for you, it's something different. You see, your identity can't be based in in a relationship that you think is going to bring you some kind of joy and, 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 and pleasure, although it may. But it can't be based in that. It has to be based in this. You are a child of God. You're, you're, you're maybe trying to feel that sense of security and sureness in your job and in your education. And, and yeah, go after it. Work hard. Get educated. But see, your identity cannot be founded and based upon that. It has to be founded and based upon this. You are a child of God. So I think God wants to assure us of that. I know that God wants to assure us of that. And so we're going to put the enemy to flight here at this altar today. I just am going to open it up. If that's you, come Hilltop Church. If it's not, we love you. Be blessed. 
as you go. So glad that you came and we hope to see you next Sunday. Listen, if you are not connected in a meaningful way to this church, I want to encourage you to get connected. We have prayer. We have community groups. We have so much to offer, even in the midst of a pandemic. As hard as it is to kind of do this thing called community, we are doing our best. And I want to just encourage you to get involved and invested into the life of this community. But if you're good in your heart and you know that, hey, listen, I'm not there. Be blessed. Be free. We'll see you next Sunday. For those of you who want prayer, I will remain here as Joe plays. And um, I want to pray for you. So um, God bless. And we will see you next Sunday.